0: good morning church how is everyone good god is good amen 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 amen. i want to thank the praise team for taking on that new song the come holy spirit come um many of y'all know that i got out of the dunk booth last year by going out of the country to brazil and i've been told i'm not allowed to do that this year Uh, y'all gonna hear about that a little bit later But that song had been introduced here in the States, and one of the ladies that was leading us in worship in Brazil, we would sing that song every day. And it's a powerful song, and I hope that we will learn that song and take that song to heart here as a community of faith. And um, I'm just grateful to be with all of you today. For those of you that are tuning in for the first time online or joining in for the first time, my name's Andy. I serve alongside Pastor Ann here at The Way. And we're just so grateful you're here. We hope that you have felt welcomed already in your time here this morning and that you will know and that we all will come to experience the power and presence of God that's amongst us this morning. Amen? Amen. And and I'm excited for this community of faith, this Methodist movement of faith called The Way Woodstock, where we are committed to sharing in hope, living with purpose for the sake of others. That's who we are. That's who we strive to be. We're not perfect, but we strive after the one who is perfect. Amen? Amen. So this summer, we've been kind of backpedaling a little bit and, and getting back to the basics, if you will, to questions that maybe we've had, maybe questions we do have, maybe questions someone's asking you, uh, questions about faith, kind of faith in Christ Jesus and what is all that all about? And, and we looked at questions like, is God three in one or one in three? And, and how does that make out this understanding of the triune God? Because that's a question a lot of people have, right? In fact, that's an argument people from other faith traditions have with the Christian faith, is, is how can you worship in that way? And we unpacked that a little bit. We, we looked at the question, what is salvation? And we recognized that it is simply to, to repent and believe. That's what Jesus said, repent and believe, turn and trust. That was the message of the gospel through Jesus Christ. And, and, and we, we sweat to death out on the lawn on 4th of July. We had some awesome ice cream, amen? But we looked at the question, what is the world's greatest hope? And it's the promise of Christ's return, right? The promise of Christ's return. He's coming back for you and me and for all of all of humanity. Praise be God for that. And, and Anne so delicately and, and impactfully unpacked for us a question last week that I think we're going to keep asking, or at least I'm going to keep asking until I meet my maker face-to-face, and that is why do bad things happen, right? Because they do happen. and We live in a fallen world, and we live with a lot of brokenness. And I love the way that she ended it with, with it's not a matter of why, or if not matter if, but when it happens, how do we respond? Knowing that God is with us and that God is for us, it's a beautiful uh, way for us to be reminded that God is with us. God is redeeming all things. God is making all things new. Amen. So, but rather than start with another question this morning, I want to start with a picture this morning. Look at the screens, and and you're going to see a, a ragtag group of guys. You might see one goofy guy over there on the right hand side. You might recognize him. Um, this is a, a small group that I had the privilege of being a part of several years ago. We met together for about three and a half years every Saturday. And guys that meet with me today, you know, y'all meet, we meet at 8 o'clock. These guys met at 7 a.m. on Saturday mornings, y'all. They were, they were real. We were at Starbucks at 7 a.m. every Saturday morning. Copper Coin doesn't open at 7. They open at 8 on Saturday. And um, But this picture is a picture of Brian who's sitting in the hospital bed. And it's us uh, just moments after... This group piled into this hospital room, and we celebrated as we baptized him into the body of faith. It is a baptism that I will not, and the men in this picture will not soon forget. And I'm going to share a little bit of the backstory in a minute, but but I want to come back to, to the question today. And the question is, what is baptism? Why baptism? Why was Jesus baptized? Why are we called to be baptized? And and there's a lot of other questions wrapped around that. But, you know, baptism is a means of grace. It's a powerful way for us to experience and encounter the means of grace that God has for us and wants to offer through us to others. It's a life-changing experience, not just for the individual, but for everyone that participates in it, as that picture kind of alluded to. And and I want us to kind of reflect on that today because many of us in this room, in fact, I imagine most of us in this room have been baptized but there are probably a few here, and there's definitely some maybe listening in online that may not have been baptized. And we certainly know friends, we know family members, we know coworkers, we know classmates. We know people out in the community that have never experienced God's grace or have not been able to identify it and have not chosen to step into the life-giving experience of being baptized. And so for those of us that have been baptized, can we effectively communicate the profound promise found in baptism? Well, that's what I want us to unpack today, is a little bit of that, so that, that we can feel more confident in this fundamental thing of in our faith, of baptism, and what it means, and what it means to you, what it means to me, what it means to us as a body of believers. And to do that, I want us to turn to a couple uh, encounters of baptism in the gospel accounts, and it's all about Jesus and his, his reflection on baptism. So turn with me to the oldest of gospel accounts, the Gospel of Mark. And we're going to turn to chapter 1. And we're going to read of Jesus participating in his own baptism. And then we're going to jump to Matthew's account, just one page behind to the end of Matthew, and hear Jesus speaking on baptism to the believers to follow. Here's what we find in Mark's gospel. Mark 1.1, we find this. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of a camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. And this was his message after me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, "You are my Son whom I love, and with you I am well pleased." And then turning back to Jesus' parting words in the gospel, according to Matthew, Matthew 28:18 through20, we find these words. Then Jesus came to them, that is his disciples, and said, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. therefore go and make disciples of all nations." baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me this morning? Mighty God, we we thank you for the privilege to, to enter into your presence, and we can do that day in and day out in nature and walks and within our own homes, but Lord, there's something special and profound when we gather corporately to enter into your presence and for your presence to be manifest upon us and in us and through us. And so, Lord, as we've already sung and prayed, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be in us and among us and open our hearts and our minds today to your word. And, God, that we would marinate not just on the written word, but we encounter the living word, your Son, Jesus Christ. So come, Holy Spirit, come. Have your way with us in these moments as we continue to gather and worship and meditate. And Lord, I ask that the words that I share and the thoughts of our minds be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. For it's in the high and the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray and the church said, amen, amen. You know, the New Testament portion of the Bible opens up with four ancient biographies of the life of Christ. The ministry of Christ. And, and, and what's amazing to me is any of you that like to watch a good movie, any of y'all seen Top Gun recently? It's a good one, right? You know, it, the, the ancient biographies is almost like a good movie that has different angles on the same scene. It, it's four camera angles. It's four perspectives gathering in on the same things that took place and unfolded in the life of Christ. And what's amazing, what's significant, is that all four cameras zoom in on this aspect of Jesus' life. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four of them, you can read of the baptism of Jesus. And when all four zoom in on one thing, well, guess what? We probably need to pay attention. It's probably pretty important. In fact, it's really important. And I think what's equally striking is what we read here in Matthew's gospel, of the parting words of Christ, is that he's inviting and he's calling his disciples to go out and to baptize others in the name of Jesus Christ, baptize those across the world. In other words, baptism wasn't just for Jesus, but for also for his disciples too. But why? Why baptism? Why is it something we see Christ experiencing? Why is it something he calls us to participate in and to lead others to experience as well? Well, let's dig in a little bit this morning as to the fundamentals of baptism. What is baptism? You see, baptism is a means of grace. It's a means of encountering God's lavish grace in our life. And it's one of those uh, that we consider sacramental in the life of the Methodist church. Baptism and Holy Communion are two things that God invites us to. He initiates and he invites us to. You know, there's a lot of other Christian traditions that recognize other things as sacramental or ordinances within the church. But as Methodists, we recognize baptism along with Holy Communion because those are two that Jesus spoke to specifically and called his followers to participate in. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward change in the life of an individual, of you and me and anyone else that have said yes to Jesus. Is an outward expression of something that's taken place in our lives. And it's something that we take the ordinary, water, and allow it to become something extraordinary in our life. But if you'll notice, that baptism for us is not simply by water, is it? It's by water and what? Y'all are quiet. Come on. By water in the, the Spirit. By water in the Spirit. And that's significant and that's profound and that's important for us. And so let us reflect on this idea and this understanding that we are baptized by water and the spirits. If you see, the water is is in part tied to our desire to have a change in our life. You know, any of y'all have gone down your own path, tried to have it your way and it hadn't gone too well? I resemble that. Yeah, And, and we, we often do that, right? Well... well baptism by water is significant of our desire to repent and to turn that's what jesus uh, that's what john was offering was a baptism of repentance and y'all remember in our question of what is salvation what what is necessary for salvation is to repent and to believe to turn and to trust in god and and this is what baptism by water is all about it's about a baptism of repentance about being cleansed it's about being washed clean now i don't know about y'all but any y'all gone off to camp and come back with stinky clothes I I mean, both my daughters came back Friday with bags of clothes that could have walked on their own. They stunk, y'all. They need to be washed. Thanks be to God they're all washed. We have run the washing machine ragged this weekend. But I'm not talking about something that gets on us that stinks. I'm talking about something that gets in us that's more foul than the stink that we can acquire through hard work or through just playing hard or having fun or not bathing I'm talking about the stain of sin in our lives. That selfishness, that bent towards self rather than others. That bent toward making ourselves and putting ourselves over even God. Making idols out of our lives and out of our ways. You you see, it's sin that separates us from God, right? It's sin that that gets in the way between us and our relationships and the, the way in which we want to relate to others that matters most. It's sin that gets in between us. And and in baptism, what we recognize is that our desire is to no longer allow sin to separate, to get between us and God, to get between us and one another. And so in in a word, the baptism by water is, is, is an expression of God's forgiveness. In fact, if I were to distill baptism down to three Fs, it would be about forgiveness, freedom, and family. And the baptism by water is this understanding of being forgiven it's understanding of being cleansed it was a ritual practice in the ancient near east that they would wash before they come to the temple they would wash before they came into homes in fact you remember jesus in the upper room just hours before he was arrested you remember what he did for his disciples he washed their feet you know there's something about that but this is something deeper It goes to the marrow, it goes to the soul, it's being cleansed, it's being washed free, it's being forgiven. This is what water, by baptism by water means. It's it's about our desire to change and Christ forgiving us. But baptism is more than just simply about forgiveness and embracing Christ's forgiveness in our life. Baptism is also about the freedom to live into the new life. You you see, our desire has to be met with his power to allow us to change. Because how many of you find yourselves going down a road and you say, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, and I keep doing it. You ever done that? Paul talks about I keep doing the things that I wish I wouldn't do and I can't do the things I wish I desire to do. You know, he's talking about this. And in baptism we embrace not only our forgiveness of what we said or failed to say, what we've done or what we failed to do, but we encounter through the Spirit the power to turn the power to embrace a new life the power to walk in the newness of life to walk in the freedom from sin in our lives what is it that john said and as he was speaking he says i baptize you with water but he will baptize you with the holy spirit the holy spirit the spirit is what gives us imparts us the spirit of truth it imparts us the ability to walk in freedom you see jesus after having risen from the grave He'd show up to his disciples a number of times, just like what we found in Matthew's gospel where he gave them the Great Commission. But but right before he was ascended into heaven, he had one last conversation with his disciples, and it was this. He said, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he would go on to say that being baptized by the Holy Spirit, one would receive Power. And that power was not only for living into new life, but for leading others to experience the newness of life that we ourselves have experienced. If you look at Acts, you look at the book of Acts, what had happened with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. You remember that? How Philip, inspired by the Holy Spirit, was to go down a dusty, dirty road, lonely road, but he comes across a carriage, and there's this eunuch in there. He's reading from the scroll of Isaiah. He doesn't quite understand what he's reading, kind of like we do sometimes. You know, I got a small group in Romans. I was laughing early. We, we started last summer. We're still in Romans 16. We're kind of slow, right? But Philip hops up in that carriage and helps unpack that prophecy of Isaiah all the way to the fullness of the promise of Christ coming and what Christ did on the cross for him. And the eunuch said, what's to keep me from being baptized? As I came alongside a body of water. And Philip baptized the eunuch right there. The power to not only walk in a new life, but the power to walk and inspire others to encounter Christ and experience it for their whole their own life. You see, that's the promise that we lay claim to when we come forward to receive baptism. We lay claim to the promise of new life. And this new life is found in Christ Jesus. You remember what Jesus said about the ways of the world, right? They come, the thief comes to what? Rob, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give what? Life and life to the full. Abundant life. And I think all of us would admit, all of us would acknowledge, there have been times, there have been moments, there have been instances, there have been relationships. Have been void of joy, void of hope, void of the life that God has for us, that God desires for us, that God intended for us to experience. This newness of life—it's what Jesus was talking about with Nicodemus. You remember the the, the the religious elite that that was kind of gun shy to meet Jesus in public out in the daylight. So he met him in the dark of night and. If any of y'all have seen the the new series, Chosen, there's a fantastic episode on the encounter between Jesus and Nicodemus, and I would encourage you to watch it. But Nicodemus is scratching his head because Jesus is talking about being reborn, born again. And Nicodemus is like, how in the world can that happen? I, I can't be born again out of the womb. And Jesus says, you know, the flesh gives birth to the flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. That's out of John 3, verse 6. You see, when we come to a place in our faith, where we place our faith in Jesus, baptism offers us a way to outward reflect and inward work, where the Holy Spirit begins to work in our lives, guide us in truth, guide us in His ways, walk in the ways of God, in which we begin to experience more joy, more peace in our lives. And as we were talking about yesterday in Men's Group, you know, peace is not void of strife in the world or the things around us. It's a shalom. It's a peace within the storm. This is what we can experience when we experience new life. When we again to allow the Spirit to work in our lives. Baptism by the water, forgiveness. Baptism by the Spirit, freedom to walk into this new life. This is the promise that God's given us. You know, many of us possess this. But I fear too few of us embrace this. Have you embraced the gift God's given you in your baptism? Have you begun to embody the fullness of the fact that you are not only forgiven, but you have been set free and that you can walk in the freeness and the newness of life? Have you begun to embrace that reality for your life? It's a gift we've all been given. Those of us that have come forward and pledged our faith in Christ and come forward to be baptized. And I fear too few of us have embraced that. You know, Paul puts a beautiful connection between baptism and this promise of new life. And it's found in Romans. Guys, y'all remember this? Romans 6? That was probably, I don't know, last September? For us, we're slow. But he writes this, the opening of Romans 6. And in the context of this is, there's some that have pledged their faith and think they've got a free pass to do whatever they want. And he's writing to those that are are, are walking in that perspective. And he says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father we too may live a new life. That's Romans 6, 1 through 4. You see, our baptism connects us to Christ's death on our behalf because of our sinfulness and to the freedom and the new life found in Christ and his defeat over death and sin. And I don't know about y'all, but how many of you have experienced baptism by immersion or witnessed someone be immersed? You know, there's a beautiful imagery there. Of baptism by immersion. And, and, and immersion is just one way in which, one mode, if you will, of being baptized. And it's a beautiful one because it connects us symbolically with that idea of dying with Christ. And as you rise out of the waters, you are risen to new life in Christ. It's a beautiful thing. But I love the way that Stephen Long and I, he, he took me to, to Maple Street Biscuit. That's, that's twice in two weeks I've gone to Maple Street Biscuit. That's a, that's a good place, let me tell you. But we were talking, and, and he said it eloquently. You know, you know if, if, if it's all about the mode, if it's all about the water and not the relationship, well, you just got wet. Right? You just got wet. Sometimes we get caught up on the mode. Was I sprinkled? Was I dunked? Was I poured? Was I immersed? All of those are beautiful expressions of the cleansing by water. But if it's apart from the relationship of Jesus Christ, you just got wet, y'all. You just got wet. But this immersion, this, this is this beautiful dying with Christ and rising with Christ. Paul puts it this way to the church in Corinth. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Folks, you're a new creation. You're a new creation as you enter into the waters of baptism and through the immersion of the Holy Spirit in your life. You see, in short, in our proclaiming faith in Christ and coming forward to be baptized, we lay claim to this reality, that the grace found in Christ is greater than the sin found in us. Can I get an amen to that? That the grace found in Christ is greater than the sin found in us. This is what we lay claim to in baptism. Both our need and Christ's willingness to not only forgive us, but to set us free. And empower us to live into the newness of life. Forgiveness, freedom, and just when you think it could get any better, f- baptism is about even more. You see, baptism is also about belonging. Baptism is about family. It's about family. Look back with me at what Mark captured. If you remember, as we read, Jesus went into the waters, but as he came out of the waters, what happened? The heavens parted, and we see the Spirit of God descending in the form of a dove, symbolic of the peace of God dwelling in and upon Christ Jesus. And then God the Father speaks, This is my Son, whom I love, and with whom I am well pleased. You see, before Jesus spoke a single word in ministry, Before he preached a word, before he touched a leper, before he taught in the synagogues, he was accepted. He was accepted. And when we choose to put our faith in Jesus Christ, when we choose to, to embrace and go into the waters of baptism and allow the Spirit of God to descend and dwell upon us, we acknowledge that we too belong. We too belong. To the family of God. And we're welcomed into the family of God. That's why baptism is not, ce- is not celebrated privately. But rather corporately. I've had people say, well can I have a private baptism? No, you can't. <laughs> it's family, y'all. It's family, y'all. It, it, it is deeply personal, yes. But it's not private. Because it's for the body of faith as much as it is for you. Because see, you are being baptized into the family of of faith, You are laying claim to the fact that you now are a son or a daughter of the Most High, that you have been redeemed by His blood, and that you belong just like Christ belongs. You become a co-heir with Christ, as we've been reflecting on before. For you see, baptism is an initiation into the body of Christ. And I don't know about y'all, but family's messy, y'all. Can I get an amen to that? And look around you. There's one big messy family here, but it's one beautiful family, too. Thanks be to God for the way God works in and through this family called the way Woodstock. This leads me back, though, to the question that maybe some of y'all have asked, and or maybe you've thought of before, and that's this, why why was Jesus baptized? Any of y'all wondered that question? Why did he be baptized? You know, if you look back at Matthew's account of his baptism john's a little befuddled by this he's like why are you coming to be baptized me i need to be baptized by you because you see jesus is sinless jesus is selfless jesus is the very son of god did he come needing forgiveness or freedom or a sense of belonging no he didn't he didn't come forward to be baptized out of a need for himself. He came forward to be baptized to connect with us and our need for him. You see, he came into the baptism waters to identify with our struggle. Cuz the truth is we struggle, right? We struggle with self-doubt, we struggle with identity, we struggle with with thoughts and words We struggle with relationships. We struggle with the way sin gets in and permeates and deceives and morphs and dwarfs and turns all those things into things that are not of God. And Jesus chooses to identify with us in our need for him, for his grace, by being baptized. You see, Jesus was baptized to identify with us in our need. You know, baptism wasn't necessary for Jesus. And and this is going to shock some of you all. But baptism isn't necessary for us either. Y'all ever thought about that? You think about salvation. What's necessary for salvation? Faith alone. Faith alone. What well, was necessary for salvation? To repent and to believe, to turn into trust. What is it that we find with the criminal that's beside Jesus Christ on the cross? He says, remember me this day. He's, he's pledging his faith in Christ Jesus, and Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. You see, that criminal never had the opportunity to be baptized, but he experienced salvation. He experienced the fullness of eternity with God. But for those of us that have the opportunity, for those that have the opportunity to be baptized, the reason we come forward to be baptized is to identify with Christ, who has overcome sin and death and offers to do the same with us. Why do we come forward to be baptized? It's to lay down every other identity we have ever held. Any of y'all try to climb the corporate ladder? I was there once. Any of y'all try to climb a, a, a position of a power or prestige? Any of y'all get caught up with how many likes on your social media feed or how many people are following you on your social media? How many of us place our identity in what group we belong to? What our gender is, what our sexuality is, what our nationality is, what our skin color is? You see, we place our identity in so many things. But in baptism, we choose to set those aside and take on the one identity that matters more than any other and can restore every other one. Our identity in Jesus Christ and Him alone. The forgiveness, the freedom, and the family that He offers to us. You see, when we come to baptism, the fullness of God present there in Christ on baptism. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is present in our own as we lay claim that God is with us, God is for us, and God is offering us new life. Amen? Amen. This leads me back to that hospital room. And I'm going to invite them to put that picture back up on the wall. And, you know, I told you this was a group of misfits, right? Well, let me give you the back story to Brian a little bit. He's a colorful man, a colorful guy, and, and I, I came across him while I was serving at another church down in Marietta, at Mount Bethel, and um, his parents were very active in the faith community there, and his parents came to meet me one day and said, I, I really, I, I, want, I want your help getting Brian engaged, and Brian had moved back home. Brian was in his late 30s at the time, and he had he had been crushed in a motorcycle accident, and he had lived a A colorful life very colorful life he had seen some things and done some things that i would be uncomfortable being around honestly myself and and or i've never seen before and and he had a rich history and i sit here and as they're talking about you know what can you help him get plugged in i got to thinking i was like you know what i know exactly where he fits he fits with the rest of us misfits because we're all misfits aren't we and yet we're all fitted into the family of God when we choose to say yes to Christ and what he did on the cross for us. And, and so Brian joined our small group, but he couldn't get there on his own. So the guys would take turns picking him up and driving him over to Starbucks at 7 a.m. On the mor- in the morning. And, and he began to tell a little bit more of his story, and we were drawn into his story. I mean, man, did he have a story. And he was extremely skeptical of faith. He, he was kind of sidelined as far as putting his faith in Jesus Christ. But we were drawn in, and he was drawn in to this group of guys. We drew him in with our own stories. And you fast forward a little over about a year and a half into our time gathering together, and we find out that he's in the hospital. And this is before Thanksgiving. This is 2017, y'all. Now imagine if you would sit in the hospital room and celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas. And New Year's, Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, Ash Wednesday, Holy Week, and even Easter. This was Brian. Brian spent over 180 days that time in the hospital. And over the course of time, we would FaceTime with him. We would take turns dropping in to go visit him in person when it was allowed to be done. And and we checked in with him, and we did life with him and, and stayed connected. But I'll never forget the call that I got the Tuesday after Easter. And he said, Andy, I, I need you to come see me. And I'm sitting here like, it's spring break. I, I, any of y'all, been, you know, serving a church or been a pastor, you're like, yeah, after Holy Week, you're just, oh. And I was like, but I need to go see Brian. I need to go, I need, I need to hear what he's got to say. And so I start there, and, and I'm visiting with him, and he started talking, and he, he, he started saying, he said, Andy, the stories that the guys have shared of their struggle and their strife and how God's been at work in their life he said, I want what they have. He said, I, I've seen how Jesus is at work in your life, and I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ. And he's crying at this point. He says, and I want to be baptized. And at this point, I'm befuddled and I'm crying. I mean, it's not faced myself, because that's not what I anticipated hearing from him that day. And so we laughed and we prayed together, and the very next weekend, the misfits all huddled up in that room along with his parents and and an older couple that had kind of taken him in as adoptive grandson. And we baptized Brian in that hospital that April of 2018. The beautiful thing is he had embraced the reality that he had been forgiven. He had been set free and that he had family. You fast forward, he would be released from that hospital, praise be to God, about a month and a half later. The fall of 2019, I was invited to preside over his funeral. And we lost Brian at 42 years old. But he knew, he knew that he belonged. He knew, he knew that he had been redeemed. And what happened in that room that day and the baptism of Brian not only was an outward sign of a, a visible change in his life, but it changed the life of the men in that group. Because they got for the first time what it means to to go and to make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, simply by doing life together, getting real with one another, getting into God's Word together. You know, one of the most beautiful things, one of the huge blessings, is to participate in another person's baptism. And that's what we did that day. And I'll never forget the baptism of Brian Sturgis that day. I know what some of y'all are probably thinking when you think about remembrance. How many of y'all have been baptized as an infant? I was. I, I was baptized in the Roman Catholic tradition, and I don't remember when I was baptized. My mom reminds me that I screened my head off. was uh, just a few weeks old as I was being baptized. She texts me this morning. She said, "Well, I, I know you don't remember, but I remember it very well." <laughs> I was like, "Great, mom." You know, and 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 there is a number of us when we think about. Baptism. We we wonder if we can be rebaptized, and and there's good reason for for that. And there's even traditions in the Christian vein that that do accept a a rebaptism or celebrate rebaptism in the sense that you know there are other times in our life where we have to repent and believe again. Right? We're constantly repenting and believing, returning and trusting more and more in God. And and it's it's natural for us to think that maybe because we don't remember, or maybe because of something going on in our life that we want to be rebaptized. One of the beautiful things that I love about John Wesley and the Methodist understanding of grace is that the grace of Jesus Christ, the grace of God, goes before us through prevenient grace. And that's what my parents laid claim of in my life when I was brought forward to be baptized. That's what we, we, we did with Claire and Alexis when we brought them forward as children. And, and, but we had to come to a place where we ultimately raised up and grabbed a hold of God's hand. And that's what we did through a profession of faith later in our life. It's called confirmation in the Methodist tradition. And, and it's beautiful when it happens one and the same. When an adult comes and says yes to Jesus and is baptized. But it's equally beautiful when you lay claim to the grace that goes before, that provenient grace. And, and you come together as a body of faith and you raise a person up to the point where they say yes. So we don't celebrate rebaptisms because God never reneges on his promise. God never reneges On the grace that was offered to us. But I think it's important for us to remember. I think it's very important for us to remember. But I think our remembrance sometimes gets stuck on remembering when, when really what we ought to be asking ourselves is do we remember that we are baptized? For those in the room that have been baptized, do you remember? Do you remember that you are baptized? You see, I think we need to remember that we are forgiven people. Can I get an amen? We need to remember as baptized people that we have been set free from sin. Can I get an amen? We need to remember that as baptized people, we belong to the family of God, that we are children, that we are sons and daughters of the Most High. Can I get an amen? And we need to remember that there are those that are longing, that are looking for the hope that we have experienced, those of us that have entered into the baptism. That Jesus is calling each and every one of us to, to go share the hope-filled life in Christ so that they too, they too can be baptized into the family of God. And for those of you here today that have yet to be baptized, I want to ask you what Ananias asked in scriptures. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Opportunities there for you to be baptized. Reach out to a Someone that's already walking with Christ and ask them what baptism has meant to them. Text myself or Ann, we'll go grab a biscuit. We'll go to Maple Street. Stephen might even come along too, right? I'll buy it this time. You know, and, and, and you can get the, the risky business. A risky biscuit. That that was that was scary when I saw that on the menu. But here's the thing. Explore baptism if you haven't already. Explore the reality of the forgiveness and the freedom and the family that comes through baptism you know i i shared a picture of what i would never forget the baptism of brian but if i could ask i I think they have a picture one more picture to show alan do we have another picture from this morning this is at the nine o'clock hour wayne wise he's been a part of this church and a number of other churches for, for years he came up to me about a month ago, and he said, I got something I need to tell you. And I said, what's that? And he goes, I've never been baptized. He said, my parents told me I was, but I know the age when they told me I was and the church I was at, I would have remembered, and I wasn't. And I've got all the documents to show where my siblings were baptized and birth certificates and, and death certificates from my parents and everything, but I don't have anything. He says, I want to be baptized. And so at the 9 o'clock hour, we celebrated... Wayne Eugene Wise in his baptism. An outward expression of something he had professed years ago, but another chance for him to experience the means of grace that he had yet to experience through baptism. My invitation to y'all today is to remember your baptism. In a moment, I'm going to invite the praise team up. In fact, y'all can go ahead and move that way. And as they play, we're going to have a chance to come and to lay our hands in the water and remind ourselves that we are baptized by water and the Spirit. And as you do, I want you to declare something. For those of you that have been baptized and want to come forward in this fashion, I want you to do this. I want you to declare that you remember your baptism, but you also remember that I am baptized. Baptized. Folks, we need to live as baptized people. Can I get an amen? We need to live as baptized people. May it be so today. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who gave the ultimate sacrifice, laid down his life, bore our sins for us, and that by his blood, we are healed. By his blood, we are redeemed. By his blood, we are forgiven. And I thank you for the invitation that not only Jesus entered into to identify with us, but the invitation for us to identify with him in baptism, that our need for you, Lord Jesus. To know that we are not only forgiven, <laughs> but we're also free. And that we can live into that through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit that moves in and amongst us. So God, may we be open to a a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit today as we've already sung and as we've prayed today. Lord, may we be baptized anew today in the Spirit. And may we know that in that, that we also are family. We're not perfect, but we seek to follow the one who is perfect, Lord Jesus. Lord, we seek to follow you with all of who we are. We seek to identify with you more than anything else in any other group we're a part of. So, God, may we remember that not only are we baptized, but we are baptized. May we live to be baptized people today. And just as you commanded your disciples to go and baptize, may we reclaim the flame and the power to go and to lead others likewise today. It's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I pray. And the church said, Amen. 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 So you'll see on the screens as they lead us, two phrases. I have been baptized and I am baptized. For those of you that have been baptized, I invite you to come to the waters as we sing this song. Lay claim to both of those. I have been baptized and what? I am baptized. Grab the water, put it on your head, make the sign on the cross, get wet however you want. But make sure it's about the relationship. Amen? Or else you just.